This is Come and See from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for March 15, 2015. The Gospel is taken from the book of John, chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. The message is by Father Ron Baird. Today's Gospel lesson starts off in the presence of Nicodemus, um, who has just come to Jesus to ask what he must do to be saved, from which we get the famous passage, if anyone would want to be saved, they must first be born from above or born again. And then he says to Nicodemus and to all the disciples and people gathered around that the Son of Man must be lifted up as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, which usually gets the reaction, huh? as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Well, in Numbers, we have that story today. Um, and it's a story of how the Israelites had been wandering in the desert. Now, they had escaped from Egypt, had gotten the Ten Commandments, and then they had spent, sent reconnaissance into the Promised Land um, to find out you know, what was the best way in and what was it going to take to go and inhabit the land that God had promised them. Well, the, the, the people came back and they told them of giants that lived there and, you know, these huge armies and, you know, it was just impossible. Nobody could possibly defeat these people. And so uh, the Israelites refused to believe that God could deliver them from those people. And so they grumbled about it. And as a result, God sent them wandering around the desert for 40 years um, until the next generation would come along that might believe that he could conquer uh, the promised land. Well, during his 40 years, if you're wandering around in the desert, um, you end up running out of food, um, which they did. And so they were hungry. Um, And so they started griping about that. You know, is this what you led us out of Egypt for so we can starve to death in the desert? And so Moses prays to God and God rains down manna upon them uh, so that they'll have something to eat. And that's where today's story comes in is that they've gone all the way from Mount Sinai to Mount Horeb. Mount Horeb would be in what is today Jordan, whereas Mount Sinai would be in what is today Saudi Arabia. And when they get there, um, the people are now mad again. Seems to be a recurring thing, doesn't it? Um, And so this time, though, they say, we hate this detestable food. Now, what is the detestable food they've been eating? Manna. Manna from heaven, manna for breakfast, manna for lunch, manna for dinner, manna for a snack. I'm sick of manna. I don't want manna. Yeah, that's all they're doing is griping all the time. And God has had it. <laughs> you know, he's fed up. And so he allows these poisonous snakes to infest uh, the camp. And when people are bitten, uh, many of them die. And so they realize that perhaps grumbling against God is not the best route to take when you're totally dependent on um, and so they go to Moses and say, pray for us to God to get him to take these snakes away, you know, because we're dying. And so Moses prays, but God doesn't take the snakes away, does he? Instead, he says, all right, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go make a bronze snake wrapped around a staff and set it in the middle of the camp. Now, this is interesting for a couple of reasons. One is, do you remember that back on Mount Sinai, Um, Moses had brought down the Ten Commandments, one of which is, you shall not make for yourself any graven images. Well, now we're at Mount Horeb, and and he's saying, make a graven image of a snake, of a serpent, and put it on this staff. Now, you may remember that the Israelites had tried making a graven image when they were uh, camped at the base of Mount Sinai. Remember, Charlton Heston came down, he threw the Ten Commandments into the golden calf, and it exploded. You remember that part? Um, 
Well, it makes you wonder what we're going to get to do when we get to heaven. We realize that Charlton Heston actually wasn't any of those people. Right? <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, and so graven images, number one, were wrong. But this is an interesting graven image because this graven image isn't of God, of any kind of God. Because nobody would make a snake God. That would be kind of weird. And where else in the Old Testament do we hear about serpents? Genesis. And who is the serpent? The devil. That's right. So what God has told Moses to do is make a bronze devil and put it up so that people are going to be reminded of their sin. It's not going to be a matter of any more of them just saying, oops, sorry about that. You know, we changed our mind. We don't want to do it anymore. Take the snakes away. But instead, the snakes will be there. But if they will go to the center of the camp and gaze upon the serpent, they will be healed. So God's not going to remove um, the consequences of their sin from them. But he will provide for them a way out. And that's essentially what Jesus is talking about with the Son of Man. Is because clearly it's not enough just for snakes, is it? Because we just find other ways to sin. And so what God has done is he has sent his son into the world so that his son might be lifted up on a tree just as Moses had lifted that serpent on that, that staff and that when people gaze upon him and believe in him, they will have eternal life and death will not overcome them. But, and here's the caveat to this, in order to attain this, something has to change. Now, in the case of the serpent, it's, it's an interesting thing to note that even to this day, doctors use a, a staff with a, a serpent going around it as a symbol for health. Um, but you notice they weren't allowed to have the health until they admitted they were sick, that they had a problem. Well, the same thing goes for the cross. The cross is the way of life for us. But it can't be that until we acknowledge our sinfulness, our brokenness, until we need a Savior there's no need for a cross. And just as surely as the, the serpent is a repulsive image for the Israelites, I mean, it was not something they would um, feel good about in any way, so is the cross a repulsive image. You know, the serpent reminds people of Satan. And even to this day, it's interesting, um, most people don't like snakes. How many people here like snakes? Just a few. How many people don't like snakes? There's always more people don't like snakes than do like snakes. There's something instinctual about it. You know, it's like they, they just look bad, don't they? They look evil. And so the same thing goes with the cross, though. And we've kind of domesticated the cross, which is kind of a shame. The cross is actually a symbol of torture and death. You know, it would be akin to asking us to walk around with a, a chain around our neck with a, an electric chair on it. You know, can you imagine that? You know, if, if we all wore an electric chair as jewelry? Um, and yet, that's what the cross is. It's to remind us of the price that has to be paid for the sins of the world. It's not an easy price. It's a hard price. And you can't get that price paid for you simply by saying, thanks God, you know, 